You're listening to the Navajo Health Command Operations Center COVID-19 Prevention and Awareness Campaign. For more information, please give us a call at 928-871-7014 for more information. Or you can visit the Navajo Department of Health website and click on COVID-19 at the top of the page. Remember to wash your hands, wear your mask, and stay six feet apart. Thank you for reiterating all the importance of COVID-19 prevention all the time. So I think those are good reminders. Um, I'm going to just share some prevention information um, for those that are listening. So thank you for joining the call um, this afternoon um, to uh, uh, receive updates regarding COVID-19. Um, just a general messaging on wearing, continuing to wear your mask is still proven to be effective. Social distancing um, indoors or outdoors, washing your hands properly with hand and soap and for at least 20 seconds, cleaning and disinfecting high-touch surface areas. And so I uh, want to encourage everyone to continue to do that. Um, we are going in, this, in our right direction regarding COVID-19 and after the holidays, we didn't see an upward trajectory. So um, these practices that you're doing at home are showing that it's working. So continue to practice all of these. So I just want to commend all the listeners. And, and then also maybe you are the person that reinforces this too when you are um, at home um, telling everyone to wash their hand and whatnot. And then hand washing is always important. Continue to practice safe hand washing um, practices and then continue in those, um, the 20-second rule um, by washing your, wetting your hands completely, putting enough soap on there, rubbing your hands together, and, and also making sure you rinse it and then air drying it completely as well. So continue to do those practices at home. Also, we have a um, message about incubation period that we always like to do, and that relates to uh, when one gets affected. Um, we have Jane here as well. So Jane is um, went to a holiday party um, for people with people she does not live with. So this is a good example um, that we're looking at on the incubation period. She's been waiting for this all year, and I'm pretty sure a lot of us have, and also um, chooses to go see um, people she has not seen for almost all all year. So we're not advising this, so make sure you continue to um, practice these um, social distancing practices. So she goes to a holiday party on day zero, 
And then on day three, she learns um, she was exposed and decides to self-isolate at home. Day On day four, she gets tested for COVID-19. On day six, she comes um, back with a negative test. And so it was soon after she learned she was exposed, she gets tested, it's negative, but she continues to think she doesn't have COVID and she goes holiday shopping, visits family members and friends. Jane doesn't know that she ha does have COVID-19 and is contagious even without symptoms. She has now exposed 10 people. So it's really unknown um, when a person can get um, COVID-19 and even though the tests might be early on, and so Jane decided, develops symptoms finally on day two, on day 10. And then she gets tested again and tests positive for COVID-19. So, um, so that does not, um, found, I guess, until day 10. So just know that, um, testing early might, um, indicate that you're not, um, you're not at risk or you're not going to get COVID-19, but, um, just letting everyone know to re, assess how they're, where they're at during the holidays starting this week. So just be careful. And the best way to prevent anything is just don't have a holiday party or don't participate in a holiday party as well. And so um, go back to this, the shutdown. We have a shelter in place, and this is our last weekend for our three-week lockdown. So we just continue to go and one person, as Vice President mentioned, um, to get household things and errands when you leave home to reduce others. So don't take your whole family. It's important just to go one person at a time. And then the safest place is at home. So just encouraging everyone to stay home. And and that is the safest place. So so. I um, just want to thank all the listeners and happy holidays and just be safe. And one of the best ways to do that is to celebrate at home and also uh, with your family and your immediate family. And you can always um, do other virtual um, ways to um, say happy holidays instead of gathering with multiple households or what we're trying to have you guys avoid. So I'm going to introduce Ms. Rosenslow. She's the area director for the Navajo area office um, to share some information. So um, I'll take it away, Ms. Rosenslow. Thank you. Thank you, Dr. Jim. I hope everyone is staying well and warm out there. Again, I am Rosenslow. I'm the area director for the Navajo area IHS, and I am uh, honored and pleased to continue to be in this position. So uh, to start with, I just want to give you an overall picture with regards to Indian Health Service. Of course, there are 12 regions within the Indian Health Service, Navajo being uh, one of them and, and the largest one within the, within the Indian Health Service. And over the past 10 months, uh, Indian Health Service has administered vaccine, um, or excuse me, not vaccine, but have, have done more than 1.5 million tests that have occurred. And as of the 19th of December, our positive uh, percentage rate is 15.4%. Of course, it's a little bit different when you break it down a little bit more. Uh, our positivity rate for the Navajo area uh, is 20.9%. So we're still uh, leading in this category, which is unfortunate. And, and again, the reason for these calls, these, these uh, conversations that we're having with you 
is to remind everyone that we are not out of the woods yet and we need to stay vigilant. Also during this time of the year, I like to reflect on, on where we have been. I think it's important to always remember where we have been because uh, we want to know where we're going to go from here. On February 25th of 2020 of this year, uh, we stood up our emergency um, management system within the Navajo area. So it's been 301 days that we have been in this uh, pandemic, at least in, in, the, in, the phase, in the emergency phase that we are in and continue to be in. That is a long time, and I realize we have asked many of you many times to continue to wash your hands, uh, monitor your social distancing, and, um, and wear your mask. And we continue to ask you to do that, even if we have the vaccine that has the first part of it has come, we're still a ways away from making sure that all of the um, people on the Navajo Reservation will have access to that vaccine. Also, we have, during this time, we have brought in more than 500 um, medical volunteers. This is significant to the, to the Navajo area because I, I still uh, monitor my staff and, and they are tired. Uh, but these volunteers and the support that we have and continue to have uh, is important for us to keep moving forward. That being said, we still we also have two uh, uh, Department of Defense teams that are on the ground right now uh, assisting. We have a team, a part of the team in Chinle and part of the team in Northern Navajo, and then we're anticipating that we will get a team uh, from for Gallup Indian Medical Center. These are our big biggest hospitals that continue to be uh, stressed at this point. You know, the pandemic has certainly stressed our healthcare system. And so having the support, the additional support and expertise to help us uh, relieve some of our IHS team members is, is very important. In addition to the 500, we've also uh, redefined and redeployed staff out. So we've had dental assistants that have been trained to do contact tracing, for example. So we try to utilize our staff as, as best as we can to redeploy and make sure that um, we are still meeting the needs of the emergency, but also continue to monitor the day-to-day -day work that, that we're required to do. So a significant um, ask of our team members that have many, many of them have done an outstanding job for us and continue to do that. We also want to point out again that the collaboration, the work that we have had with the Navajo Nation, President Naz, Dr. Jill Jim, Vice President Lizer, and many others that have stood by us, including the Navajo Tribal Council delegates that have supported us through this uh, very difficult time. But that partnership, that leadership, that collaboration is very important for us to maintain and, and realizing that as a nation, we can do more than and than individual entities that we might be part of. Uh, and on behalf of the Navajo area IHS uh, team, I want to thank each of you for allowing us to continue to be part of your healthcare. Uh, we hope that um, that we have met your needs, your expectations over the past year. But more importantly, and more importantly, on behalf of my staff. We ask again that you continue to stay vigilant. Please, you know, uh, monitor your social distancing, uh, wash your hands, and wear your mask. I want to thank you again very much for this time uh, that we have had with you over the past 
many months and, and many days that we have asked you to stand with us to make sure that we continue to minimize and, and bring down the, the spread of COVID-19. So, um, Shahat, thank you very much. I'm going to turn it over to Captain Brian Johnson, who will talk a little bit more about the vaccine. Thank you very much. Uh, being here with us today, I appreciate the opportunity to also share some information. And you'll, you will, um, you will note that as we share information that in some cases we overlap, and I think that's good um, because it's always difficult when um, you hear or receive a, a lot of information um, to hear things sometimes two and three times. It doesn't hurt for sure. Um, again, I'm Captain Brian Johnson. I serve as the Acting Deputy Area Director with the uh, Navajo Area Indian Health Service, and I've, I've been serving in that capacity for a while now across Navajo, and uh, thank you for joining us. Um, just to add to some comments, um, I'll probably touch upon just a little bit of what uh, uh, Dr. Jim as well as Ms. So, but um, Again, I, I think uh, Ms. So had commented on that uh, Navajo Area Indian Health Service, we continue on a daily basis to, uh, to, to meet with the Navajo, uh, Navajo Command Operations Center in Window Rock. Um, those calls have continued ever since the beginning of, of this uh, pandemic, and it's important. And oftentimes uh, we're communicating not only uh, each morning, like during on the workday mornings, but also over the weekends, just because of the uh, emergent need to share information <clears throat> across the Navajo area. Uh, again, not only amongst the IHS facilities, but for the tribal health organizations and with the Navajo Nation and with uh, state There's uh, we continue to do, do, to do that every day to fight this good fight um, against uh, COVID-19. So I just wanted to assure you that those communications do continue, and, and it really helps us monitor every day the uh, needs that we might have across the Navajo uh, Nation in terms of health care and public health. Um, it, it also makes sure that we're all hearing from a leadership standpoint amongst all the uh, uh, federal and tribal health uh, organizations and within the Navajo Nation leadership of uh, exactly what activities are going on uh, to meet those needs. So also I just want to make a, a comment. Uh, some of you may have heard over time that uh, uh, Navajo Area IHS is working with the Veterans Administration. And just as an example of a federal-to-federal -federal partnership um, that we've uh, been able to enjoy uh, during this pandemic, uh, the Veterans Administration, uh, both in, um, in uh, Albuquerque, New Mexico, and Tucson, and Phoenix, and we're working on other arrangements as well, uh, in the event that we need additional bed capacity, if in the event that we need to transfer individuals out during this pandemic, which still does happen, um, you know, we, we tried to make sure that we maintain adequate bed capacity across, and this, this goes for both, um, again, the federal facilities as well as the tribal health organizations. So sharing that kind of information is very important. But we continue to work with the Veterans Administration, and so they do uh, receive, whether it's uh, veterans, or non-veterans, we're able to utilize their services. And I think that's an important message 
of the support that Navajo Nation is, is able to help attract here and um, to make sure that our population is, take, is well taken care of if that need uh, comes up. And, and it has come up and we have transferred to those locations. And again, we're looking to add additional locations to that. Um, in terms of COVID-19 testing, uh, many of you have probably participated or have friends, family members, um, sons, daughters that have been tested for COVID-19. And I just wanted to, you know, reiterate that there is a schedule that is, is posted around uh, various locations, Navajo Nation. It's been posted in newspapers, and it gives a testing schedule uh, that, that shows, you know, uh, vehicle testing, the time of day that, that and, and the day of the week that vehicle testing is, is available, um, as well as and if we have other situations when the vehicle testing is not happening, um, how to go about getting tested as well. So again, um, I, I do, I, I know that we're having uh, Christmas Eve and Christmas come up this Thursday and Friday. And so um, you may want to uh, touch base if you're looking to get tested. It may be a good idea to make contact uh, on those days to see what the arrangements would be, whether they're at, it's at a federal site or a, uh, a tribal site such as Winslow, uh, Tuba City, uh, Utah, Navajo, uh, Sage, and others. So um, just make sure uh, you, you reach out on those two days as there could potentially be a need to make adjustments. Um, as has been discussed on this call, there was some conversation about the Pfizer vaccine that came in last Monday and Tuesday, the December 14th and 15th. And again, 3,900 doses, and we were very fortunate again, I know we've stated this multiple times, how fortunate we were locally to receive the vaccine at the same time as many large uh, medical centers across the U.S. received their doses. And so that timing for us was very, very important to um, get an equitable share of the vaccine that was available at that time. And um, again, it's, there was an outstanding partnership with the Navajo Nation, uh, tribal health organizations, Indian Health Service, in, in moving that vaccine to uh, strategically, because there are some sensitivities with uh, the Pfizer vaccine in terms of keeping it uh, adequately cold uh, and making sure that it uh, remains frozen while it's in shipment uh, until such time that we're ready to utilize uh, the, the vaccine. So that went very, very well. And I just wanted to mention as of Sunday, uh, December the 20th, of that 3,900, uh, those vac the 3,900 vaccine doses, over 3,700 uh, have been, uh, individuals have been vaccinated. And um, we, we should have some updated numbers as of yesterday and then maybe this morning as well. And we're working on getting uh, another update on those numbers. So an overwhelming majority of those have been, um, at this point in time, have been given. Um, as we've mentioned over time, it's important to understand that right now we've, we've received the Pfizer vaccine. And I'll talk just in a moment about the Moderna vaccine. But, um, you know, both vaccines at this juncture, the only vaccines that have been approved for emergency use, both of those are two-dose vaccines. 
So all of those individuals who the 37 plus, 3,700 plus that have received the vaccine over the course of this past week, uh, those individuals will be getting a second uh, vaccine uh, to complete the series, the shot series, on um, with, within 21 days, and that's with the Pfizer vaccine. So there has to be logistics and there has to be uh, scheduling and planning in place from the healthcare providers to the patients receiving those vaccines, and that and that setup has happened. So um, we'll be getting a, a separate shipment of Pfizer vaccine just for those second doses. And we anticipate that the second shipment of the second doses will be coming in around January 1st or 2nd in that time frame. So we'll be looking for those. Um, I'll move on now just momentarily to the Moderna vaccine and uh, others have mentioned as well on this call. Uh, we, we are expecting that uh, today the 22nd of December, that uh, our healthcare facilities throughout the Navajo Nation, again, both tribal health organizations and federal, will be receiving um, uh, Moderna vaccines uh, today. And those are being shipped directly to the health facilities, which is different than how the Pfizer vaccine arrived. Uh, when the Pfizer vaccine arrived, uh, it arrived at strategic points. Uh, receiving points, and then it was uh, transported cautiously across the Navajo Nation. In, in the case of Moderna, again, it's being shipped uh, directly to the uh, healthcare facilities, and we are expecting approximately 7,800 7, doses. Um, and again, these are, these are separate from Pfizer doses. And um, again, as I mentioned just a moment ago, this also will be a two-dose uh, shot series or a vaccine series, meaning that each person has to get an initial shot, and then later they have to get a second shot to make sure that the uh, the vaccine is um, is is fully completed or the vaccination is fully completed. Uh, whereas Pfizer has a 21-day separation time between the the two uh, shots. Moderna has a has, requires approximately 28 days. So again, the the providers, the physicians, the nurses are working with patients to make sure that those things are properly scheduled, so that um, everyone that's getting a vaccine, all the healthcare at this juncture, all of the healthcare providers that are on the front line that are at high risk and are serving the Navajo people, that they're getting um, both of their shot series, both dose one and two. So we'll continue to, to work uh, on that. Uh, some of you may have heard the terminology ASIP, and what that's referring to is an advisory committee on immunization practices. So um, it's a national advisory committee that um, advises the uh, Centers for Disease Control uh, on immunization practices. And that particular committee is, is made up of both medical doctors and public health professionals across the United States. And um, the, the committee, again, oftentimes referred to as ACIP, um, they did just on, on Sunday, December the 20th, they released 
what they're uh, referred to as their final uh, COVID-19 uh, priority uh, vaccination uh, list. And basically, it provides a listing of, of various professions uh, across the United States. And for example, frontline healthcare workers are considered to be some of the most highest risk individuals, and plus they're essential to protect the public health of, of communities, cities, tribal nations. And so um, the advisory committee, ASIP, uh, did identify healthcare workers as one of the top uh, vulnerable populations and essential populations to get uh, initially vaccinated so that they continue, can continue doing the good work of protecting the public uh, as more vaccine comes in. Uh, we also know that uh, long-term care uh, residents, those individuals who are elderly in nursing homes, that those two are considered a very high uh, risk and vulnerable population. And so they too are considered uh, uh, in the top tier of individuals requiring immediate vaccination. So that is uh, underway as well. There are other um, various categories of, of utility workers, of um, school educational or school teachers, and all of those have been assigned various positions in the, um, on this prioritization list from ASIP. And of course, the Navajo Nation uh, also has, um, being a sovereign government, also has the ability to make adjustments and we are in communication with the Navajo Nation on that in terms of protecting uh, populations that the nation would be concerned about and uh, wanting to help make adjustments that fits the needs of the Navajo Nation. So we do appreciate that. Um, I'll move on now real quickly. We've mentioned, and it has been talked about over time, uh, at Shiprock, we do have a Net Navy medical uh, staffing team that, that is presently working on site. They, they arrived last week and they are presently working at the Shiprock Hospital. And this is uh, support of critical care nurses and some uh, respiratory therapist uh, staffing primarily that is, that is uh, serving the, the, the Shiprock service unit. So we're very happy to have them here. They're here in, uh, initially for 30 days and we can request extensions to that. And we do plan to request those extensions. And that's provided much needed relief and support within our Shiprock uh, Hospital, so Northern Navajo Medical Center. <clears throat> Similarly, at Chin Lee Service Unit, the Chin Lee Comprehensive uh, Medical Center has also received a Navy medical staffing team uh, similar to Shiprock. They're just mirror images of each other. And um, those teams, again, are on the ground and they are working and providing that much needed support. And um, again, that team will be on here a minimum for 30 days, and then we'll be requesting some extended times as well. Uh, GIMC is also, has also uh, requested uh, uh, some support. And um, basically, there is an activity going on nationally where uh, military reservists, so those uh, in the Department of Defense, they're, they're uh, a medical reservists who are being called to active duty to come to GIMC as well. 
and to, again, provide support, maybe give some uh, providers some little bit of relief in terms of rest, and also just providing that medical support. And we understand at this point that the plan is for this particular team to show up on uh, January 4th and perhaps start work uh, on January 6th. So they're a little bit further out, but, the, but this is uh, in development and coming our way. Um, beyond that, we are hearing also that some of our tribal health partners, uh, organizations, I believe Tuba City and Winslow, will be receiving uh, at least some uh, assistance as well, contact tracers and some lab scientists that were, are reportedly coming in. Uh, we're looking for more information on that. But uh, we are all looking across uh, the United States for any support that we might need as we can continue this uh, good fight uh, against COVID-19. And uh, similar to um, uh, Ms. O's comments, I just want to continue to thank and really praise the, uh, the frontline workers across the Navajo Nation in the health, on the healthcare, uh, on the healthcare front. They're fighting a good battle every day what they can to, to protect the Navajo people and your families. And we uh, certainly wholeheartedly appreciate the work that they're doing, whether they're a nurse, whether a doctor, whether a housekeeper, uh, infection preventionist, uh, there's so many people, public health nurses, uh, and, and, it's, and this to also to uh, community health representatives. It goes across to uh, health education and messaging, working directly with the Navajo Nation. We just appreciate the team uh, concept that's come together and has continued to support. And we know everyone is, is tired, but I think we've all been given some energy with the new vaccine showing up and we intend to push forward and push hard to get that vaccine out there to the populations that need that. I'll go ahead and end there. Yat e shedene, my relatives, my people, our community. She amber kines bakrati yinishia, tohatsoi denatsha, kia ani nishle do bilagana bashishchin, deschini deshache do bilagana deshinale. A Navajo Nation Council delegate. I represent seven communities of Sheep Springs, Two Gray Hills, Tolina, Sanosti, Red Valley, Cove, Gadiai, and Biclabato. But as a delegate, we represent all of our beautiful Navajo people within the four sacred mountains who are living in the border towns or going to school and working in the cities. Also, our military families who are here at home or stationed abroad. We speak these words of positive healing to all of you and your families. As winter has come before us and the season has changed, it reminds us that our Mother Earth, our Father Sky, provides for us and reminds us that life is ever-changing. And as this cold winter comes about and as our elements of the earth, the animals, the birds, the water slow down and the earth cools down, that we're reminded that this is a time for us to also step back and reflect not only what has happened these last four seasons, but also a time to come together and think about how we can slow down and not let our minds drift away and have too much anxiety or fear to know that the seasons change, but as the sun sets, that the sun will rise 
and that we'll have a new beautiful day to put down our prayers and our blessings and that our children are seeing us as adults, as grandparents, as aunties and uncles, looking to how we are reacting to not only this change in the season, but how this virus has swept through our communities and within our own household. Our children are waking up to a different reality of opening their laptops and their notebooks, some of them using your phones just to access school, that daily teaching that they're provided by their teachers who they themselves are dealing with the fear and the anxiety of how the virus has impacted their homes. But as parents, as grandparents, as guardians, we must stay strong in our prayer that we provided in the morning, offering that pollen to the sunrise, those rays of hope that remind us that we are strong, that we come from a long legacy of determined warriors who have fought many battles, whether it was a spiritual, physical, and now a health battle. The battle for our lives and all of us at different levels will fight viciously against this virus. And we know with every breath that we take is a precious breath of recovery, that you are not only alive, but that you are fighting against this virus and that you are winning. And our children are looking to us to see how will we overcome in this situation. They know that Christmas time is near. They know that they should be celebrating time with family, with presents, with food, and they could feel the anxiety from their parents and from their grandparents. And so what I want to encourage you, my people, should the ne'e, look to your heart, speak through your heart, because if we provide positive encouragement to our children, if we slow down and not think about first yelling or shaming and blaming, but use our love language, the language from our heart, the prayers and the ceremonies that we have learned through many generations, those prayers stem from a very harsh time, a very harsh time, whether it was in the worlds before us, whether it was during Huelde, whether it was a time during boarding school. Those prayers and songs are used now to heal us, and we can use this challenge now and use those songs and use those prayers to heal not only our families, but our communities and the Navajo Nation. We can use positive prayer to literally heal the people collectively. If we all rise at sunrise and if we're all praying, we produce that positive energy in the world. We set the tone of how we are going to plan and what are we going to do throughout the day. And as the sunset covers our nation and we offer our final prayer and our offering, we know that we are comforted and we know that we are protected. And those little ones then can see that it's not the material things that bring happiness. It's loving themselves, loving their family, loving their homestead, loving their land, loving their people, and kindness and generosity are free. It doesn't take a job, a paycheck to provide presents for happiness. What our children need to hear from us are loving words. 
I love you, Sha'awet. I love you, my precious. I prayed to the Holy Ones, to my Creator, for you to be here with me. I will protect you. I will keep you safe. I will keep you warm. I might be scared, but together we're stronger. I am here for you. And it's these words of kindness that do not take any form of money, but it comes from the love you have for yourself and the love that you could share with your children, not only in your home, but we now know working together as a community is for all of those children out there and the children who have parents who are battling their own challenges. They need our love too. And to reach them during this time as we're physically separate, you can do that by calling. You can keep communication by texting your families, your children's friends. You can do that on social media where you can create a Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter feed that is full of love, that is full of encouragement that is full of kindness and gratitude and being thankful to open your heart and to let them know that they have challenges in their home. Auntie right here loves you. Grandma loves you. And we're praying for you and we have not forgotten about you. And as the virus enters our home and it creates chaos and it creates fear and anxiety, that they know that they have relatives who will support them, that they know they have healthcare professionals who will monitor and provide basic necessities. And we're so grateful that we have healthcare professionals. Our community health representatives have organized from the beginning, and I just appreciate the work that they have done across Navajo Nation and identifying the at-risk families, the at-risk elders, and providing that continuous service. Early in my career, one of my first jobs was a CHR, and I would work with elders, and I would make sure that they knew someone cared about them. And at times, we can look to medicine or other modern solutions, but the human heart is very powerful, and the power of love and prayer can heal, can heal one another. And sometimes this negative element of loneliness starts creeping in to their minds and to their hearts. But if you combat that with love and kindness and gratitude, to remind them that someone is thinking of them, the best feeling was to see, to get that hug, to see the, the tears of joy that someone missed them, that someone was looking out for them. And during this time, that's been one of the hardest, hardest not being able to touch, not being able to give hugs, not being able to squeeze hands and share that connection with each other has been one of the hardest things to go through. This virus has impacted our communities because their love and their energy is what refuels us. It refuels and reignites. And, and when we're feeling low, 
that hug and that connection can just just give you the charge that you need to continue on. And I miss all of my elders desperately. And too many of our elders have been taken from us. And not only do we miss them here, to hear them speak, to hear them at the song and dance, or just to hear them give words of encouragement at the basketball games. But now we've lost their teachings. We've lost their prayers. But we know that they are still here with us. And so as we linger and and try to comfort one another, I want to extend my heart and my voice to all the mothers out there. To bring a child into this world is, you can't explain that feeling of bringing that human being into this world. And the responsibility that bringing a child into this world places on the individual and the family and the clan. And now seeing and hearing from our friends, from our relatives, from our community members, the struggles that our mothers are facing to try to hold together the jobs, making sure their children are doing well, homeschooling, uh, making sure their extended relatives are being taken care of. I want to reach out to all of you and say, be kind to yourself. You are doing the best you can. And if you're overwhelmed, ask for help. And if you need more help, ask again. Because we need you here. Your children need you here. And we are hearing stories of mothers who are losing their fight to this virus. And stress can cause a lot of physical ailments in our bodies, causes a lot of inflammation. And we need to support one another so that you are strong enough to not only take care of your family, but allow us to take care of you. We need you here to be here with your children, to be here to celebrate with your grandchildren and your great-grandchildren, as it's been told, as it's been prayed upon. And it's not always going to be perfect. And if you feel isolated and if you feel alone, we have mental health workers a helpline where you can talk with them and they can provide guidance and resources because we know that there's so much to fear out there, but we want to support one another. And we want your children to know that collectively we can help, not just help the family at this time, but also helping in the future. And if you're stressing over this upcoming holiday season, use this time to reconnect And in my household, what we're doing are the simple things. Mama, what's your favorite color? Sha'awe, tell me a funny joke today. Tell me about a story when you were growing up. And why we do this every day in my home and with our relatives is to stay connected and to stay grounded and to know that although this is a dark time, that light is ahead and that there's light here in the world. For all of our children who just finished finals week in college or in high school and ready to come back home, let's make sure we're safe. Let's make sure that we've 
isolated and have a plan on, on how to continue to know our status and know that if we have been exposed, that we will plan out some alternatives so that our families are safe. Because far too many of us have been exposed just by relatives not knowing that that trip to the store or that trip to pick up supplies would expose them and that they unknowingly brought that back to their family. We have grieved every day for those we have lost. We have lost too many. And this month, it's been being asked to help with family donations, asked on how, what is the burial process? How can I bring my loved one back home? being asked to recognize and honor great leadership that we've lost too soon because of this virus. But as I get overwhelmed myself, I take my bitter, I take my herbs, I drink my tea, I give my offering, and I tell Mother Earth, I'm just a five-fingered person. I'm imperfect, but give me guidance. Give me the words that I need to provide healing Take away this fear. Take away this virus. Send it up to the atmosphere and send it away. We need, we need to restore balance here in the world. We also recognize all of the medical providers who leave their homes, who have faced hard, difficult decisions when we have too many in a hospital and the majority, if not all hospitals on Navajo Nation are in an extreme situation when we have to hear from our doctors that they have to make the difficult decisions on who is going to be provided oxygen and at what level and what level of care. Our best defense will always be to try to stay home and try to isolate. Our best defense is to look for alternative ways to get our groceries and our supplies. And this month, trying our best to help healthcare providers because we do not have the healthcare providers on Navajo Nation that we need. We're getting some help from the Department of Defense, but that's very limited and that is for a few weeks. But what we can all do is find different ways to get our supplies continue to have nourishing food, but that it will provide the vitamins that we need. And we're doing that to conserve not only our energy and our resources, but every person who works at the grocery stores or at the home improvement stores, they have a family and they are working to try to provide for their family. But we also know that they expose to a lot of different people. And so if we could work and coordinate together to order online so that you can pick up your groceries, they'll deliver them, put them in your back of your truck, they'll put them in back of your trunk. That will reduce the, the interactions with each other. It actually will help. And so our medical providers and our hospitals are trying to give us the care that we need. And so we'll need to continue to Cut back and slow down when we go to town. And a lot of times we go to town because we miss people. We miss interacting. We miss eating out and having someone take care of us by cooking a meal for us. And so think about what is it that 
and and recognize that yes, you're missing that interaction. But is it safe right now to go to town and get those supplies every week? Or can you plan ahead so that less people are going to town and less people are going to the stores all at once? That social connection that keeps us together and hearing about all of our relatives that we have lost, we're starting to get numb. We're starting to read the newspaper and When we see who has passed on, that number is making us numb. So I want to remind you, that number represents a person, a relative, a father who is no longer there for the family, a mother who could have provided more love, more hugs and attention. Those are our chays and our masana who will no longer provide us the guidance and the humor and sometimes that stern teachings that we need. Don't numb yourself to that number. Ask yourself, what can I do to prevent the next person from getting this virus? What can I do to prevent myself from being exposed? And what can I do to make sure that my children are safe at home? Because the home should be the safest place for us. And so as winter has come upon us, and as we are sometimes in the thick of grief, use your two ears to hear that little joy of laughter from our children and how they are the carriers of love and happiness. Look out for the little things to enjoy in this world. Whether it's a walk outside, whether it is praying every morning to pray for strength, to reconnect with our Mother Earth, to rebalance and pick those herbs and take and ingest them to to protect yourself, to honor yourself, to reconnect with who you are, why you were placed in this world, and also just to love one another and just to Make sure that we all know that we're not alone and we know one day soon we're going to be able to offer those loving hugs and share the love. Until that day comes, Shaddana'a, I ask you to be safe. I ask you to take care of one another. I ask you to be kind. I ask you to be patient and most importantly, to put that healing energy for all of those in the world who need prayers to be healed prayers as they recover, and then prayers for our children as this Christmas will be a Christmas like no other, but know that there will be more Christmases to come and will be a stronger nation that has learned how to come together during this time and will always be together as one, as a strong Navajo nation. Thank you. Jonathan <laughs> Ahagan <laughs> <laughs>
Ashwana da da
Jokon Alan Hikeninan, Pizado, Dajitan, Yamasan Hicheninal, Con Hijedon in a dust. Ado Dido Sad, Doyat Egido, Consan Hikeni nature the Yosse. Oh, the Pelagana became a dat nana da con, con a a sad and con bay yadat haslin. Shask da a got a Nihimasan hitcheni, Nalavat an hitchandats, and then they thought the Pelagana became at the ahon nisigi, conchi, Nihikayat, daho, nisto, less at nanajo, oh, hot, agadiche. A conde, codot, citizen bay, citizen bay date, ego, jo a con beach di cahota. Adikon Nahanegido Kodobilaganic etchado by Banda Huilne. Ashing dot sat Nahat Rata Hosnet door less. Joconiki Nahat Chindot and Dalnishigidoch etes Kregot, Judi Kaden Nesnan de Zidishne. Ah, quiche Con Randal Nishigi Sandal Nishota. Nahit Salah and Yazel in Nikidades Egi. Aro dido kuje siek shard and linigi tratnas de lahatas zogo a quichin randalnish. Sashin e ya oyobasa halond a konda basso tit the snodishna kum nihizad nihizad bada hasya than hitot ni judinas negi e ya kum beach idi kato di de quidishi the nebuke up a cow. Die Kanae Ebe had I not snatched a Russian beach, a decahot, a Jonathan Nez, Hanana, Zito, less. 